get mad when listening to true crime? Well, so do I. If you want a weekly true crime podcast that says what you're thinking, then grab a beer and pull up a deck chair. This is Cambo from True Crime Island, another true crime podcast, and maintain the rage with me. Visit truecrimeisland.com where you can download or stream each episode. Plus, there's links to iTunes and social media. And as I always say, don't forget to delete your browser history. This is True Crime Island. Okay, I forgot something. What's that? Oh my god. All right, this is how the episode's starting. I didn't invite you to the hey. tea party. huge improvement yes it is <laughs> okay i know numbers i know numbers <laughs> <laughs> all right daniel knows some numbers too um five four three hey, and every- in spanish no <laughs> everyone can and count to three and cinco cuatro tres <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Daniel. You didn't say and the this intro is in Daniel. Spanish. And this is Daniel. <laughs> uh, como? Mm, never mind. Me llamo. <laughs> Me llamo Carlo. Have you had the most Spanish education here? No. no, no God, no. Daniel has. I have. I took a year. And if I had had my ADHD medication back then... I might have learned a lot more because I'd have been able to pay attention. Maybe. So yeah. I know. I, well, you know, no, my proof on this is I know introductions, like greetings and introductions and stuff. And then that's when I stop paying attention. It's after someone You're says like, good that's morning. Yeah. No, that's no, like at the beginning of the year, oh, you know, yeah. I'm excited and I'm ready to go. And then as time goes on, I just. Well, he has no idea how to order off a menu now. <laughs> Kiss that dream goodbye. No. If it makes you feel any better, I took German all four years of high school and two semesters in college, and I still don't know shit. Oh, my God. I didn't realize you took that much German. Yeah. Yeah, stimmt. <laughs> this German. There you go. That's the connection. Ah, you're welcome. There we go. It only took us three minutes. Tonight. Hey, that was a good one, because I remembered it. And that's my friend was like, try to learn Spanish with us to come teach in Spain. I was like, it's not happening. I, I just named be... off all that. It's not happening. Learning a, uh, I think learning a second language is actually really beneficial for your brain. It probably is. And it speaks my, volumes my... as to why yeah. we can't learn a second language. My as brain the state of my brain to begin it. with. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. You have too much going on already. It's like you have too many <laughs> folders open at once. Yeah. <laughs> too many tabs open. Every time I think, oh, it would be neat to learn another language, I think there's other shit that I need to learn that will actually make me money. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. I knew I couldn't speak a second language so fiercely I took sign language. But you ended up being pretty good at that. Not mm, just mm, funny good at it. Still. You used to do it a lot when we first got together. 
Because I was insulting you in a foreign language. <laughs> I don't know. She was the only one that knew. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. You, you still put out, so I don't really care what you were yeah! saying. Yeah. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> bitch weird. <laughs> bitch weird. Well, what was it today? So I'm trying to lose weight. You are? And she, yes. <laughs> She's <And> clearly she... <laughs> not. <laughs> well, I mean, look at me. I'm starting to, starting to look like the Pillsbury Doughboy a little bit. I'm just not as pale. Just not as pale. Anyways, mm. you, she goes, I'm going to make muffins. And I went, what kind of muffins? And she goes, blueberry. And I went, you bitch. <laughs> I almost hit him. <laughs> you did hit me. And you know what her But then you argument, started laughing. You know what her <laughs> argument probably, well, there's fruit in it. No, it was, <laughs> was going to entertain the kid for 20 minutes. That's what it was. Because she helped me make them. And then there's I, fruit in it. That's my argument. That's why I can't lose it. weight because I'm like, strawberry cheesecake has fruit in it. So it's good for And me. it's got to be better than chocolate cake. I've done that one before. <laughs> what kind of coffee I, do you drink? Man. Man. You're supposed to just drink black coffee. Right. But here's energy the- drinks come to find out are really bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. Especially for folks with mental illness. It's a good thing we don't have any of those. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, actually, it, well, yeah, just energy drinks. I got yeah. lost in my thought there for a second. I try not to. I try to only have like one a week. One a day. Moderation. Mm. No, but. And diet soda is also terrible for you in more than one way. Yeah, I know because it has aspartame in it. I'll try not to drink any. Okay, but I did see an article a lady had just turned 106 and they said, what's the key to long living? She said, I drink Diet Coke. I've drank Diet Coke every day. See, you just never know, man. I hope I don't live that long. Okay, but... M- That's not a gamble I'd be willing to take that I'm but the person that... I think mom has drank Diet Coke every single day since the day I was born. Since the day you were born, probably. Mm-hmm. So if she dies, we're going to crack her open after she's dead and find out what caused it. She seems fine to me. You seem fine. <laughs> Rub some dirt in it. But I had two cups of coffee today. And my roommate wakes up, and I was like, what's up? She's like, oh, I'm kind of hungover. And I was like, ah, oh, that's the worst. And uh, then I know that. Uh. I go in the kitchen. She looks at me and goes, so do you, do you always drink decaf coffee? I was like, excuse me, bitch, what? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> what? She goes, yeah, every time I pull out your K-cups, it's always decaf. And I was like, Fucking shit. <laughs> I had two cups this morning. And How I was long like, you been drinking decaf coffee on accident? I mean, apparently I, frequently enough. I drink the coffee at work. That's definitely not decaf. But on the weekends and sometimes I'll have a cup at night just maybe once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I've got a box of K-cups that I've been going through. And apparently it works. So it's like all psychosomatic. So it's all if psychosomatic. We wanted to get, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to get some powdered sugar, and we're going to trick Carla into doing a line of Coke. <laughs> With a $20 bill. It makes it classy. Listen. If I, it's more than a dollar bill. <laughs> it does make it classy. <laughs> okay, I've already tried. Uh, people have already tried to get me to try it, and it's not going to happen. So I don't know how what you think you're going to do. That were more persuasive. Yeah. Well, first we would have to get some. And no, I don't I'd know get a handful of it and I'd like smack you in the nose. <laughs> Fuck you. It'd be like it'd be like Scarface, except the if sh- the table jumped up and hit him in the face. This is the sugariest Coke I've ever had. <laughs> this is this is Coke. This is this is why people like Coke. <laughs> Tastes delicious. 
sugar is a drug. Have you guys seen um, Horrible Bosses? Oh, yes. There's more than one, isn't there? There's two now, but the first one, they sneak into one of their boss's house and like accidentally gets coke all over themselves. And he's having like a panic attack in the house. (laughs) That would be me. (laughs) Yeah. I have preamble. Welcome to Germany. It does end up in Germany. (laughs) You swine. Nine. What other? What's another good German word? I don't know, but that was from a movie. Wiener Schnitzel. There you go. That's what (laughs) I was thinking of. The year is 1910. Doesn't look like we're any papers. Oh, I looked where our what our relatives were doing. 1910. Two years before the voyage of the Titanic. Ooh, that's another good point. I think. Yeah, about <laughs> something. It's close. I mentioned the Titanic, actually. Almost a, a hundred years after the War of 1812. <laughs> so on mom's, our mom's side, Augustus Hurley, a 40, yes, was in... Augustus. Yeah. Augustus, sweetheart. <laughs> Save some room for later. <laughs> he was a train conductor with the railroad. <gasps> And his wife, Laura, 37, and they only had three kids. I don't know how many kids she had. Only at the time. (laughs) Because mom said shortly after that, though, she was put into central state. So, But by the 1910 census, she was still at home. Oh, so we're talking about central state? No. I'm just saying. Okay, but I do have a, a quick sidebar here. I got my nails done last week, and the guy that did them, he was telling me about his little, like, apartment nightmare story Uh. and how... He signed a lease, was supposed to move in, move in, excuse me, and they the apartment complex somehow fucked it up, so they found somewhere else for him to stay for like a month. Ooh. And he's staying at the Central State Apartments. Yes. And he says it's like a creepy dorm. And yeah. he hates it. I was they're trying to like refab that area because it's been standing vacant. The at a sane asylum is what Central State is. So it's been standing vacant for decades and they're trying to rehab the area. Because it doesn't need to be standing there anymore. They have a science building somewhere, but that's it, like a museum mm-hmm. somewhere. But it, they could tear more stuff down. But well, the thing is, there's bodies everywhere. Yeah, so they've basically converted some of it into apartment housing. It, but it's shared bathrooms, shared uh, kitchen space. Why? And he's like, weird people live there. Well, of course, because the weirdos want to live next to Central State. Yeah. He was like, I basically don't leave my room. No. I was Why like, would fuck. You? That's it's, so it's strange. It's strange. So you know, I'm they- okay. I'm okay with that living situation because that's kind of how it is. Mm-hmm. Got my own bedroom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a shared bathroom. Well, I guess no. You no, have I changed your own that bathroom. Back. I got a bathroom. Never mind. We have, but we have to share a kitchen. It's awful. So horrible. But I just I found that interesting. I knew they were doing that, but and I didn't know the setup. <laughs> and then I told him about I was like, my great relative died there. And he was like, Oh my god, what room was she in? <laughs> so I was like, I don't know. No, she didn't die. Well, yeah, she died there. She wasn't buried on the ground. Yeah. They collected. I her. wonder how much they charge to live there. It can't be a lot. I don't know. But you They're can get new. married there now. I know a couple what? of people have gotten married there. Yeah, it looks At awesome. Central State mm-hmm. Hospital, like inside the Yeah, because they have a vent space now. It's oh, called like okay. 1908 or something like that. I don't know. Okay. We're going to find this out. Yeah, that seems important. Keep going. Uh, then still on mom's side is James Broden, and 45, Delia, 39. Isn't that the guy that hosts The Tonight Show or one of them things? 
Oh, never mind. That's James <laughs> James Corden. <laughs> never mind. It might be Broder, not Broden, but on the census, they misspell things and you kind of like have to go with what's closest. So I think that's Broder. And he was a laborer at a packing company. And his daughter, Mary Broder, 17, was a telephone abstractor. So if I don't know if that means she's like pulling the wires, you know how the telephone ladies are always switching lines with the Yeah, like that little... uh. I don't know what to call it. Switchboard. Yeah. Yeah. They're sitting there in there. Mm -hmm, That. Also, happy birthday, Mickey Mouse. Happy birthday, Mickey Mouse. They had three kids. Eventually had seven, I think, though. And then James Deary was 58 and Mary was 55. And he was a post office clerk. And they had six kids. Uh, Their daughter's husband was a druggist. Same. Same. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, So he's a pharmacist. And all this is like close to in Indianapolis. Dad's side was in Kentucky. Daniel's side in 1910. Richard Smith, 23, was a teacher in Jackson Park, Indiana. The brother of his Which great. side? Smith. Oh. Because on your dad's side, they go back to Italy real quick. Yes. Mamma mia. Let's see. That was the brother of your great grandfather. I don't think I could find out what your great grandfather was doing. It was just Arthur Smith. Or he was younger, 17, a laborer. Hang on, I got it. Okay. So you can rent an office there for 320 to 640 bucks a month. Studio or co-living room. Ugh. Shared bath, 320 to 640 I mean, that's cheaper. Co-living suite, which I don't know what the fuck that means. 400 bucks. You really can't beat that, but you got to share with people. 400 so. to 420. That's like a hostel, isn't it? Like hostel? a do- it's like a dorm. Yeah. Yeah. So you can live in the insane asylum on a budget. Dorm style. Dorm I think style. it's a, I think there's a lot of college kids that live there. Yeah, this, this guy, doesn't it say this is like in Butler? It that may be true, but he this guy was just saying like I got weird roommates, weird vibes. You know like weird people that he, and I was like, are they young? And he said, some of them are not, and they're strange. And I was like, all right, then. Yeah. Yes, that gets my answer. Weird? You mean the old people living with all the kids in their early 20s yeah. is weird? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Peter Mosteller, 52, was a farmer in Park, Indiana, with his wife, Rosa, 46. They had 13 kids. No, thank you. Only 11 were living, though. So, oh, I know. Gosh. That's they're sad. Di- oh. Judd, Roy Judd, you know that name. Yes. That sounds very 19 kids and counting. Yeah. He was 24, and he was a laborer at a fitting plant. filter yeah. At a filter plant. Sorry, filter yeah. plant. Ah, they and made he was a racist motherfucker. He was? Yeah. You remember? I was just saying that. I didn't know if you yes. really remember. His wife, Clara, 24, but he marries again. That's not his main wife, or he has two wives. Because Clara, I don't think, is considered one of your relatives. But at the time, that's who he was married to. And within a year, I think he finds a new wife. You got to do what you got to do? I don't know. I don't know a whole hell of a lot about that side of the family. I just knew you would recognize the Judd last name. Yes. That's what I got. What of our relatives are doing in the area? Laborers, farmers. None of my great-grandparents, I think, were were real good people, except my uh, maternal grandmother's parents. Yes. Yeah. Got... Post office people. We've got a lot of information on Deary's. I don't have all the information. I can cut this. We found another mom found another priest that Jesus we're connected Christ. to. 
No, I wonder why we're so fucked up. I don't know if it was just if we were related to him or if he was just at Ron Colley while she was there and he now has allegations against him for abuse. Because I was listening to her talk to Chris loudly, so it wasn't really at. Oh, you you mean how mom talks on the phone? (laughs) Well, um, well, you know, I had talked to Kate not that long ago. And I understand that's <laughs> funny because that is almost exact. <laughs> I understand if the person on the other end is old and deaf, but if they're not old and deaf, like you don't have to do that. It's because they can't hear. Yeah. What? It's because they can't hear. I like it when you're riding with mom in the car and you put it like one notch too high. And she's like, my ears. And then my ears are the same way. But now she wants me to blow the blow dryer in her face. I was like, this is loud. This is louder. This is loud. This has higher decibels. And the dog hates the blow dryer. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You know, that was my nickname in college. Blow dryer? No. I like it. No, never mind. I don't know where I was going with that. I didn't even go to college. No, we know you didn't. Oh, do you now? Yeah, because we we'd hear about. I went to others people. I went to other people's colleges. You know, that's almost the same. Same. It's, it's the same. It's, that's also it's that's cheaper. winning. That's winning. Make your friends pay to live somewhere. Make them do all the hard work. Just visit on the weekends. Have him get an apartment at Central State so you can come do ghost explorations. God, no. Okay, so Germany was the connection. The Titanic was the connection. Fine, fine. (laughs) Butler? You said Butler, too. Butts. Okay. I'm I'm not sure how to pronounce both of her names because they do this thing where the letters may or may not be silent, which I can respect. Vonderschlitzel Hurley. (laughs) This is about our relative? No, it was oh. just that era oh. in Indianapolis. We've got a light out there that's clicking on and off. I'm going to need everyone to stop with the... I've already heard some like traumatic ghost stories. This is, It clicked back on. Oh, that one has been doing it. I'm sure it's, there's either... It's one of two things. It's either going out or it's a ghost. Yeah, well, my friend Chino works at Dyes Walk Country Club. Oh. And she said that... There used to be a church on the grounds with the cemetery. My and brother that, is a member there. He would be. He would be. So she was saying, like, freaky stuff happens. I need and to I, know all the things. But I felt, I also felt that way when I was there once. She was like, there's a bathroom upstairs. Walk upstairs into complete darkness, walking around trying to find a bathroom. Mm-hmm. And, and I was out. like, this don't feel right. Don't feel Anyways, right. I digress. Well, I need her to submit all her stories in I audio form. get them. And so that I can tell them. I can respect silent letters and names. I can. Okay. But Helen. Okay, wait. I have yeah, another that, sidebar. Helen, that's a tough one. But, Helen. A, but a sidebar. I'll never forget when I was like, I think I was probably in fourth grade and you were like a senior in college no. or in high school. And Stop. You, and you like walked in my room. You're like, how do you spell glad? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I wanted to put an E on the end. And I was like, what? What do you mean? She's like, is it G L A or G L A or G L A D or G L A D E? 
I wanted the E on the end. I was like, I looked at her and I go, just because we have a silent E on the end of our name doesn't mean you have to put it on everything else. <laughs> but what harm is it doing if it's silent? And then after that, she beat you up and stuffed you in the closet. <laughs> yeah, probably. And then I got a diploma with my last name spelled wrong. They forgot the silent letter. <laughs> really? You yeah. Your high like, school diploma? No, I think it was the vet tech thing. Oh. I was like, bitch. Is that an actual diploma or just a piece of paper they printed off? I don't know. I don't know where it is. <laughs> it that's what you get. Certificate of completion and debt. God, that's what you get. Listen, okay. Helen, H E L E N E. Is that Helena? Helene? Helene. What is it? Helene? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it might Spell be. it again. I wasn't paying attention. H E L E N E. Hell. It's probably just Hel- I would just say Helen. Helen. Yeah. What would you say? Let's call her Tina. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tina with an H. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think it's Nab. K-N-A-B-E. It's either Nabe or Nab. I would say Nabe. Yeah. It's Nabi. Nabi. It's, it's from K. the Middle East. It's, it's actually K- like, so the K Kanabi. Is like, yeah, Kanab. Kanab. And I'm sure it's not. They're Polish. She's... <laughs> Well, it, what is what was Germany in 1876? Was that Prussia? I I, I said I knew how to spell. Not Germany <laughs> when in 1876. It was Germany. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, yeah, duh. God, why are we duh, bitch. This? I think it was by the Baltic Sea. She grew up. Helen Hermione Nab, but it's Hermione. Mm-hmm. That's her middle name. Really? No, that's actually a name that came from Harry Potter. So, so look up your facts. Lady. I'm pretty sure that was invented by J.K. Rowling. <laughs> what year are we in? 1876. Germany had just became a state. So before that, it was Prussia. Mm-hmm. I just know an Outlander. She's yep, like, she, where was Germany? Germany? She's like, I mean, I mean Prussia. Prussia. <laughs> it like, was a region country. called Germania. Okay. Close enough. Close enough. So Helen Hermione Nab was born in 1876 in Germany, which it had just become Germany, apparently. She wanted to be a doctor, but women in her country would not be allowed into medical school until 1900. Thank God. (sighs) Her father left her mother when Helen was an infant, and she was raised by her uncle after her mother died. When her cousin, Augusta, it's a woman, Augusta, informed Helen that women were allowed to attend medical school in America, and she moved to... Indiana. Indianapolis in 1896. To prepare for school, she worked for four years in domestic and seamstress work. Indiana was known as Indiana back in 1896. It, it was. Correct. I, I, I just wanted to clarify. I can confer, confirm this fact. We had a large German population in Indianapolis. Yeah, no shit, because we had the Athenaeum downtown. That's and the Germans really believed in physical fitness. So that's why they started a gym. That's why the YMCA is still there. Bitch at me next time. Bitch at me next time. <laughs> to prepare- Carla knows a lot about Wiener Schnitzel. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> to prepare for school, she worked for four years in domestics as a seamstress work in order to learn English from the upper class. So she didn't speak English, but she's like, I got some eavesdrop on these uppity bitches and learn some English. Which I think English is easier to learn than other languages, isn't it? No, that's okay. actually incorrect. Well, maybe back then it wasn't, but there's so many different uh, dialects and stuff. Is that the correct terminology I'm looking mm-hmm. for? You mean the hillbilly? There's just so to... many different sayings and stuff. And oh, yeah. Words that mean the same thing and trying to use those in the context. I could see that. What college did she go to? She went to Butler University in Irvington, where H.H. H. Holmes would murder a small child. 
Uh, she did that to prepare for medical school. And in 1900, Helen attended the co-ed Medical College of Indiana. She was required to attend classes, dissect cadavers, maintain a 75% grade in all classes, refrain from drinking, and work 14-hour days. During this time, she continued as a seamstress to supplement her income. Helen also used her drawing skills by providing medical textbook illustrations to several books, including detailed sketches for anatomy, surgery, and pathological slides. Hmm. Pathology slides. So she is a trailblazer for women in medical school accomplishments, uh, and she did a lot of fancy important title work stuff. The director of pathology appointed her the curator of the pathology museum, placing her in charge of the labs at the school, much to the chagrin of many of her male peers. So they don't like... The chagrin... What'd you say? Chagrin. Chagrin. Chagrin or chagrin? Chagrin. Can you spell that for me? C-H-A-G-R-I-N. Language of origin? Can you please use it in a sentence? (laughs) I did use it in a sentence. Uh, I'm going on a mission. To find a preposition. Anyone? No. no. God damn. Schoolhouse Rock. Rock. I was going to say, They didn't let be... you, you stuck up Catholic kids watch that. We no. watched it about the important stuff, about how a bill, bill. becomes a law. On Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She began teaching- and how to fire gay people. <laughs> Listen. Hey, I haven't fired she, anyone I haven't yet. fired her yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she began teaching underclassmen, which was an unheard of honor for a student- on April 22nd, 1904, Helen became one of two women to graduate from the Medical College of Indiana. So, very beginning frontrunner in that stuff. So, now she is Dr. Nab. Dr. Nab stayed on in her position as lab curator and clinical professor, for which she was not paid. Dr. J.N. Herty, secretary of the Indiana State Board of Health, appointed her as deputy state health officer in 1905. Dr. Nab became the first woman to hold this office in Indiana. Part of her duties involved investigating suspected epidemics such as typhoid and diphtheria and making recommendations to reverse unsanitary conditions. It's typhoid fever, and I can't get it. Yes. (laughs) I've been inoculated. Inoculated. She routinely traveled the state to work with the public and doctors and process hundreds of pathological samples. So she's up in there making people sure they're washing their butts, right? <laughs> and then she was making yogurt from vagina culture. Ew, Daniel. <laughs> hey, there was actually, look it up. Go to Google, ask God. Ask Google God? I don't want to, because sometimes Google no, God it, shows you pictures. Well, don't click on images, Carla, <laughs> or change your image search to not show explicit images. Okay, but how would I ever have known what a blue waffle And you're a better person for it. (laughs) Anyways, look it up because some college girls did it because it's the same kind of bacteria. That's unnecessary. I like my yogurt extra yeasty. (laughs) That's how I get my yogurt intake. Ew, gross. Come on. Oh, gross. It's gross now. Now it is. Despite Dr. Nab's expertise. It was gross last night. Fuck you, Daniel. Despite Dr. You didn't think that was gross either. Can I do this? We already did. Stop. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, you just kept setting it up for the next one. No, I couldn't did. stop. No, you kind I of couldn't did. stop. <gasps> no. You made that noise too. Stop. <laughs> you didn't say that. I'm I are you done? Are you done? You did in fact ask that. Are you done? Are you fi- are you finished? If you talking? have to ask, yes. there's something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Right, now it. I'm done. Nice. <laughs> God damn it. Despite Dr. Nab's expertise, Dr. Hurdy did not hire her as a superintendent of the lab and said he chose Dr. Keene, regardless of the fact that he did not apply for the job. <laughs> so he re- Being he- a woman in America. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag what? Oh, man. As the laboratory grew, Dr. Nab became assistant bacteriologist. She was also the recognized local expert on rabies diagnosis a horrific disease that's still treated largely by the use of Madstone. And I almost want to do a Patreon episode on Madstone. It's like something that you find a stone. Is it the same thing? Is it kind of like dragon glass? No. Oh, no. Oh, okay. But, uh, then I'm not interested. You find it in the stomach of a white-tailed deer. It's some type of stone. You boil it in milk and then place it on a bite wound and it sucks the poison out and you keep like boiling it in milk over and over until and it like latches onto your skin to pull poison out of you. So it's like folklore and there is an article about one that was in Indiana because people would travel to get to them. So she's not using mad stones to cure people. Since rabies is guaranteed to kill once symptoms appear, Dr. Nab improved method of quickly diagnosing its presence in dogs, cats, livestock, and humans was critical. Thereafter, the heads of dogs suspected of rabies were accepted to the state laboratory of hygiene and by her examination proved the widespread existence of this infectious disease in the state of Indiana. Dr. Nab's fierce advocacy of muzzling all dogs in Indiana for two years in order to totally wipe out rabies is thought to have earned her some enemies. She's like, if we just muzzle dogs for two years straight, rabies will go away. And, and they said, no. No. I don't know if it would, though, because it's like I don't know raccoons either. and squirrels. Yeah. Like, all animals can get it. I mean, the, the theory is there, but it's just... Yeah. Dr. Nab was promoted to acting superintendent and paid $1,400 annually. Dr. Hurdy promised her the superintendent position and an increase to $1,800. Over a year later, Dr. Hurdy told Dr. Nab that there was no money for her salary increase and that because she was a woman, she could not command the amount of money the position would pay anyway. <laughs> Dr. Nab contacted the newspaper and tendered her resignation, citing discrimination and broken promises. So. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the money management thing. I mean, it's not that far off. <laughs> no, because listen, it gets better. Dr. Hurdy had searched for what he considered a real capable man My. by actively recruiting Dr. Simmons as the new superintendent. He paid him 2000 the first year and 3000 the second year, almost a 50% increase from Dr. <laughs> Nab's salary. The final slap in the face came from Dr. Simmons when he published Dr. Nab's findings about rabies in Indiana and elsewhere without crediting her. And But then... Dr. Dre got involved. <laughs> but then Michael Scott got involved and started the walk against rabies. <laughs> I need that on you. Less, less than 50 people a year <laughs> affected by rabies. It's treated with shot, a series of painful shots. It is bad. <laughs> oh, So what did she do when they decided a man could do her job better than her and for more money? Way more money. Way more money. She opened her own private practice, and while many female physicians shied away from accepting male patients because they may not be taken seriously, that would never happen, or feared being attacked by male patients, I bet that's never happened either. 
Dr. Nab insisted on having a phone installed in her apartment in case a patient needed her. She would always answer a knock or a call regardless of the hour. Quite often, she would treat people for free or accept payments via the barter system. You know, she just wanted to be a doctor is what it sounds like. Yeah. And a good one. And she had a lot of positions, you know, her credentials, her mm-hmm. resume, packing that thing. One of the biggest achievements was when she became the first elected female faculty for the Indiana Vet- Veterinary College, where she was the chair of parasitology and hematology. Dr. Nab's tenure at the IVC predates any recognized woman department chair at any veterinary college in the United States prior to 1920. So she was the only woman. She was the only department chair female in the United States. Damn. When it came to, I was like, you think they'd let him work on... And to this day, there's still only one. One, and there's still one. They like to keep the numbers low. <laughs> Makes them predictable that way. <laughs> she also served as medical director and associate professor of uh, physiology and hygiene, known today as sex education, at the Normal College of North American Gymnastics Union in Indianapolis. You were talking about their gymnastics thing? Carla. Dr. Nassar? What? What? <laughs> What about, what about, what, what? Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> You're talking about they did the gymnastics thing. Yes, they were very she into was physical fitness. associate professor of physiology and hygiene at the American Gymnastics Union. Yes. Oh, so because German people work out, the first name you're going to shout out is Larry Nasser. Okay, all she said was mm-hmm. gymnastics. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> On the night of October 24th, 1911, Dr. Nab went home to her apartment at the Delaware Flats on the corner of Delaware and Michigan Street. That is close to my work. It is a 10-minute walk, I looked. It's like on the other okay, side. Okay, creep. <laughs> I looked it up on the union, because I was like, why does this sound like familiar? Dave. The war She monument. goes so in-depth with this that she actually walked down there and mapped it out. And she mapped it out, and we just we just don't appreciate the time that she puts no, into No, no one does. Okay, she... Lived on the ground floor, which women aren't supposed to do, was said to always... Why? Huh? Why? I'm about to tell you why. No, I live on the ground floor. That's a house. Oh, okay. <laughs> Most houses are on the ground. <laughs> That's not true. There's a bedroom upstairs. <laughs> Nab, who lived on the ground floor, was said to always sleep with her window open for better air. Now, the following morning, her windows were found shut. During the night, someone entered Dr. Helen Nab's room and brutally cut her throat from ear to ear. The killer was skilled enough to cut her on one side first, missing the carotid artery, and cutting deep enough to cause her to choke on her own blood. The second cut just nicked the carotid artery and cut into the spine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were two floors above her, and African-American janitor Jefferson Haynes lived with his daughter and a housekeeper, and they lived in the basement. And so first they blamed him because he was black Was when they investigated this. But then, because sometime in the middle of the night... Jefferson told police he heard three screams and footsteps. He decided not to investigate. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame him. Maybe he thought it was pretty normal for the Yeah, because if she's got patients coming and going and someone's in pain at their doc- being seen That's, by the doctor, yeah. I would have ignored it too. The horrible discovery of what happened that night came when Catherine McPherson, Dr. Nab's office assistant, came in the morning. Going into the bedroom, Catherine found her colleague laying on a blood-soaked mattress, her throat cut in a manner known to butchers as the sheep neck supposedly indicative of the work of a surgeon or veterinarian since the cut was meant to minimize the escape of blood. Helen Nab was just 35 years old. Yeah. Can't let them get too high up. No, she had done enough. People (laughs) would start getting big ideas. Although fingerprinting was in its infancy, 
Officials ignored a bloody fingerprint despite Dr. Nab having no blood on her hands. Police Chief Martin Highland reasoned that she committed suicide because what? It, because at 5'6 and 150 pounds, he believed her strong enough to ward off any attack. If you're going to commit suicide, why would you do it like that? How would you do it to cut your throat twice? Yeah. In addition to her fatal neck wound, she had been bruised on her thigh, suggesting she had struggled. While there were also no police reports that she had been raped, words like monomaniac would be inter- interpreted as thinly veiled euphemisms for rapists. So it's like monomaniac is of having one mind, but it's like a psycho, sexual yeah. psycho person is what they, an old term for it. The fact that no knife could be found on the scene wasn't an obstacle. Catherine and her family members waited over an hour to call the police. So they're saying someone could have taken the knife from yeah. Isn't it nice how far police works come? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she killed is. herself. Look at her. Like she cut her throat twice there. <laughs> well, there's no one else here and she's dead, so like we can assume that she killed herself. <laughs> Many people had come in and out of the room. Yeah, other than a silk kimono, nothing from Nab's apartment was reported missing. So there's no robbery, possible rape. Throat slit on the bed in the middle of the night, and someone heard screaming. Well, yeah, it would hurt if you were cutting your own throat. Yeah. 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 I think they discounted it that, oh, because she couldn't have screamed because she cut her own throat. So what you heard in the time. Like, so people, they're trying to- It was her soul leaving her body. (laughs) A lot of people were out walking around saying they saw a man coming and going, but the hours weren't always lined up at the same time. Okay, but he could have been coming in and- And he simply explained he had been painting his barn, and you're not not going to paint your barn red. Obviously. So, and that makes perfect sense that he'd have paint on him. Thankfully, the coroner, Dr. Charles O'Durham, determined that Dr. Nab was murdered. Dr. Durham noted she had defense wounds on her arms, and he was adamant that she could not have made both cuts to her own throat. And it's like, wow, thank you. He also noted several factors he considered strongly presumptive of murder, including the position of the hands, which had been closed after death, the absence of plausible suicide weapon, and the fact that many witnesses had seen a man that night around the apartment building. Dr. Durham's findings negated rumors regarding Dr. Nab's sexuality and finances, which police felt could have contributed to her death by her own hand. Meaning, they because she wasn't married, you know, it means she's unhappy. And she lives in a small apartment, which also means she is broke and unhappy. It just sounds like she wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. but <laughs> That kind of sounds like Carla. Okay, first of all, Subtract 10 years. Okay, I still got time before I'm there. Well, you look the you look it already. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> um, one of the sayings also was, it's simply suicide season. So it was oh, winter. Oh, yes. So December, yeah. <laughs> so and I was like, was actually, I think there is some science. No, like, I'd or say most, January and February. But statistically. I would say February. But yeah. I think. Or March when it. it's still cold in March. Yep. What month are most suicides committed? Type that in. I think it's Christmas. Well, that's not me. I thought we were talking about because of weather, not because it is. of Christmas. I thought, uh, yeah. I am, but I mean, in December is part of it, too. Yeah. What month are most serial killers born in? No. I want to click November. That. I want to click that one. <laughs> I clicked it. But November. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you serial killer, <laughs> bitch. Like, yeah. I think I knew that. I've seen a lot of ones saying, like, they're different signs, though, like, the most common... The most common one is referring killers. to it as Louisville. 
<laughs> 17 serial killers were born in November. Yes. Now tell me what month most suicides are committed. Okay, sorry. That one just seemed interesting, and I knew it was going to be November. So. <laughs> I wanted to make Daniel feel good. Findings demonstrate that both male and female suicide rates tend to be higher during the spring and summer months. Huh. Wow, see? I told you. I told I you wrong. because it gets nice out, and all of a sudden you're like, it's too warm out. I'm going to die. <laughs> it literally, there's articles that say spring suicide, why it's more common than the winter. Spring suicide, and it's more common. Why it's more common than in the winter. Well, we'll wait, Carly. You read it. Okay. Report back. <laughs> April, May, and probably June. Okay, good. I'm glad. I like that. So it was not suicide season. We got it, Daniel. We got, we got it. It's over. It's done. My mind you, it's 8.15. All right. You wagered a buck. <laughs> futter. <laughs> buck futter. <laughs> what was that look for? <laughs> Let's wrap this up, people. <laughs> Female doctors who were Dr. Nab's friends actively tried to help find her killer because the police kind of sucked at it. They hired private detective... Harry Webster. Harry. That could have gone a Harry totally Dick. different direction. <laughs> Harry Webster. At their own expense and through donations and at the detective's own expense. In early April 2000. Nope, not 2000. In early April 1912, <laughs> just two weeks before the Titanic went down, a culprit I was finally so brought good. in. I know. I am so good. This was 22-year-old sailor Seth Nichols arrested in P- Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Portsmouth. Portsmouth. New Hampshire. For threatening a bartender with a pistol, Nichols had been arrested on a concealed weapons charge. He then volunteered that he'd been in New York in 1911 where somebody, he claimed, paid him $1,500 to go to Indianapolis to slit, slit the throat of Helen Nabb. His mystery boss joined him in Indiana on the night of October 24th. So what you're saying is it's it's a little suspect now if she committed suicide. Yes, it would be <laughs> yeah. odd. Okay, so it's it's more of like a 60-40 she did now where yeah. it was like 99% sure before. Okay. Though Nichols claimed to have personally done the killing, Indianapolis police were skeptical because they really wanted her to have killed herself. Nichols did, in fact, have a sister living in Indy, but he was also known to have been a deserter from the cruiser USS Dixie, and the police decided that he was concocting an elaborate tale. They're like, this guy's... You know, admitting he, knows too much. he admitted to a crime that did happen. And no but, one would do that. But no one would do that. So I think they did actually prove he was on the USS Dixie the night of and like five other seamen saw him. <laughs> and he tried to say it was a government conspiracy as to why they were all saying they saw him. You know, something. <laughs> the government paid him to say that. Yeah. Almost 15 months after her death, two men were indicted by a grand jury based on Detective Webster's findings. The prosecution believed that Dr. William B. Craig was engaged to Dr. Knapp, a fact that he vehemently denied and that he wanted out of their relationship. (laughs) He's like, she won't go away. See, that doesn't sound like me. Mm. She was in a relationship. That sounds... I'm not... (laughs) <laughs> As dean of students at the Indiana Veterinary College, he would have been very familiar with the zoology and the sheep's cut that was done to her neck. <laughs> no, Clarice, no. <laughs> Which is the type reported to have killed her. Dr. Craig, a 40-year-old Scottish immigrant, was a widower with a young daughter. He Jimmy? met... Huh? Jimmy? No. 
He met Dr. Nab in 1905 and maintained a friendship at the very least. He recommended her for the position as chair of hematology and parasitology in 1909 at the veterinary college. You can pronounce those, but you can't pronounce Helen. Listen, <laughs> I wanted to make sure I did it right. It had become clear that Dr. Nab and Dr. Craig had had a turbulent romantic relationship. The two were said to have taken unchaperoned auto rides together. The no. fuck? I never go anywhere on <laughs> Especially not an auto ride. She insisted on marrying him. He refused. Well, they rode in a car then alone this together. This does sound like me. Okay, yeah. Go on. He refused. A bitter quarrel ensued. The night before Dr. Nab died, Dr. Craig's housekeeper overheard them arguing, and she heard Dr. Nab say, but you can continue to practice, and so can I. Oh, he didn't want her to work if they got married. What? Police had a letter in their possession in which she told a friend she was getting married and confided to a friend she was getting married to a man with an ungovernable temper. (laughs) Craig sought to end things and he abandoned her for a woman in... Zinesville. Avon! Ah! Ooh, that's not the north side. Like, no, but still. How would I was, how, yeah, who was going to really guess I, Avon? I was not going to guess Avon. Hey, I didn't make it up. I was just going to say, the north side. <laughs> the second man indicted, Alonzo M. Ragsdale, was an undertaker who removed Dr. Nab's body and was her business associate. He was accused of concealing evidence against Dr. Craig in the form of the kimono Dr. Nab was wearing on the night of her death. It was said he had laundered it in an effort to rid it of blood stains. Dun, dun, dun. Society in general could not understand a woman wanting to work in a field that was sometimes unpleasant and coarse. Life is also unpleasant and coarse. You try cleaning up kid shit. Yeah. That's unpleasant. Ugh. It's real coarse, too. Her character was attacked because she ex- expected equality with her peers, male or female, because she was a 35-year-old woman who was a physician living in a small apartment rather than a grand house with a husband and children. Dr. Nab was automatically judged unhappy due to Alonzo Ragsdale, who in addition to being indicted was also an unscrupulous estate executor. The public believed her to be an unsuccessful pauper physician. The truth was Dr. Nab had many revenue streams from different jobs. By looking at her financial records proved that she was financially sound, bringing in over 150 per month. The public did not know for many months that Dr. Nab chose to send most of her disposable income back to her uncle because he was no longer able to work. So she chose to live minimally. Sounds like she just wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> the most offensive thing. So... Uh, a woman doctor. A woman doctor. Doctor Quinn. That's Medicine in a movie. Woman. What is a woman? Doing? No, where the guy scoffs at a woman. What is? It? Oh, it's Thor. <laughs> it's the very first Thor when <laughs> yeah. he says a do- she's a doctor. doctor. Yeah, he goes ha, a woman doctor. <laughs> I think that's right. Not even I mean, in space could be wrong. were they. Is it okay? Is it okay? <laughs> you can't have the same size brain. Look, you have boobs that can't go together. <laughs> No, but my head and the boobs can go together. <laughs> Dr. Mary <laughs> Dr. Mary E. Ash, a colleague of Dr. Nab, had a plausible, if not scandalous, theory. Nab, she thought, Scandalum. might have been killed for providing evidence of men's extramarital affairs and their visiting of sex workers. After all, this was a time when women's groups were helping shut down Indiana's once thriving red light district. The theory seems to not have been taken seriously by Marion County investigators. So she's doing all this hygiene, sex ed, education stuff, and telling people to keep their willies to themselves. 
And here's what can happen if you're sharing willies with people. And she might have come up with, <laughs> you know, she had probably medical proof of different diseases that you get and was showing it and encouraging women to make sure their husbands don't do things. So the idea was like, my wife's going to find out that I'm cheating on her yeah. with uh, several women with of, the the of the night. Yeah. <laughs> None of these facts mattered. The defense attacked Dr. Nab's personal character in the courtroom, claiming she was an aggressive and masculine woman. The character witnesses, yep. <laughs> the character witnesses who sought to discredit Dr. Craig suddenly moved out of state or could not be found. A key witness who positively identified Dr. Craig changed his story, and Dr. Craig's own housekeeper, who had a signed affidavit stating she saw him return late and leave early with a bundle of clothes the night Dr. Nab died, refused to come to the courthouse. Like you can just refuse to come. Yeah, man. Can't you? Consequently, the state's case fell apart, and after nine days, the prosecution could not make a connection between Dr. Craig and the evidence. In an unusual move, the judge stepped in as the 13th juror and instructed the jury to acquit Dr. Craig. Normally, a judge provided this instruction only when a technical error was committed, which was not the situation in this trial. He did rule that the prosecution had proven Dr. Knapp had been murdered, but that they had no real evidence against Dr. Craig. And because there was now nothing to do to be an accessory to, the charges against Ragsdale were dropped. No one was ever convicted of Dr. Nab's murder. She was buried at Crown Hill. Over the years, newspapers have revisited her case, but in 1977, her case file was destroyed in a flood. All she wanted to be was a doctor. All she wanted, sounds like all she wanted all to do was be, to be a doctor. A doctor. <laughs> Just want to be a doctor. So well, that was like. Not satisfying? Not satisfying in the least. I think the boyfriend did it. The veterinarian was doing that slow. It makes sense because he was familiar with the sheep's cut. Mm -hmm. And he was done with her. Wanted her to go away. Well, you know, there's, there. you know, you can't say he did it because he was not proven guilty in a jury of his peers. So you just can't, you know. I said, I think. I think. <laughs> And he's most likely we'll, dead. Sounds like we'll never know because the no, case file was. It's one of the more famous unsolved murders. Let's revert. Let's rewind. What about this guy that admitted to it? He's just bonkers. Oh, is what they think. But he could have. But I know that's I, very specific, though. Uh, that he, and he was arrested I drove to Indianapolis and cut slit a woman's throat. Mm -hmm. It's very odd, but the fact that they had so many people saying no, that dude was on the ship that night. They think they said was enough, but. That's weird. It's weird to admit to a crime you didn't do. It's also People thought don't typically do it. This past week, the three year old admitted to farting when I know damn well it was the dog because the dog's <laughs> leg butt was on my leg. <laughs> now, couldn't it be? And possible? I said, Ooh, Boris, you stink. And she goes, No. It was me, Daddy. <laughs> now, I farted. Is it not I possible stink. that they both could have farted at the same time? It is possible. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. It is also thought that Dr. Nab's ghost haunts the Athenium. Is that what you call it? Athenium. Athenium, which is also the Raskeller. Yes. Which serves really good pulled pork. Pulled pork, yes. <laughs> which happened to be cabbage. I love the Raskeller in the summer because you can go to their beer garden That's what I was gonna say. and the bands play. The like the flying toasters. They're saying, like, why would her ghost haunt there? But the theory is also that they had some dissection anatomy classes there. 
in that building probably at one point and also this overlaps during the episode we did with dad about the grave robbing Mm -hmm. so that episode what is that they stole the bodies and took yeah. them to Michigan. <laughs> and so it's very, very possible that she operated on illegally exhumed cadavers because doctors all the time did. Because they had to pay for their own bodies and, you know. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a good episode. All kinds of connections. Wow. I just came in here and started whipping facts off and you already had them in the, in the notes. I did. Because I was like, yay, Raskeller. Yeah. <laughs> Great lighting. That's a cool building, though, honestly. Mm-hmm. It is. It's old. It's old and it's cool, and I went on more than one field trip there. I don't know if I did. I'm guessing we did. I just remember going for Libby's wedding. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's sad because she just wanted to be a doctor. So it really just it's sounds the beginning like of how she wanted to be a doctor. A women weren't just never considered equal, and you're never going to be paid equal or treated equal. And it's I'm just so glad things have completely changed. I thought the story was going to go that she killed somebody. Nope. In her frustration, I would have. She it probably made wanted to. It would have been fine. <laughs> but at least women aren't discriminated against now and they're paid equally so we don't have to worry about it anyway. i'm so happy <laughs> I can't. I, so that makes me feel good me she feel died so for good. a reason because the sheep neck that's now and now it's okay she died for a reason a good cause oh man oh man it's funny because it's true it's only funny because it's, it's true, true. <laughs> what else did i find out dad lived a mile away from the church that jim jones had who's jim jones jim jones the kool-aid drink the kool-aid oh. you know the guy from the rap song jim jones Don't. who i actually did you not see that i just yeah, saw jim I jones did. in concert it's it's mike jones i know oh, okay it was so <laughs> like, oh man God, you forgot his name already it was so sad because for one they didn't even make us pay to get in we were like uh we know someone in there and they're like okay so they didn't make us pay to get into the Mike Jones concert. And then uh-huh. we come in and Mike Jones is in fact singing and doing a concert, yet not a single person was paying attention to him. Oh, I felt really bad. Do I know who this is? Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Nope. Who? I stay flossing in that candy pay, rolling dank, sipping drink. Okay, nobody nope. knows. <laughs> nope. I know who he is. Yeah. I didn't. He has other songs, too. I was actually surprised at how many I knew. I was like, I'm going to be the one person that pays attention to him. And I didn't have to pay. That's why it's important to stay relevant. Yeah. But yeah. But I did. I came to work the next weekend. People were like, you saw Mike Jones? You went to the Mike Jones concert? And I was like, not on purpose. (laughs) Well, they probably saw Mike Jones was coming to town. And they're like, that sounds boring. They didn't realize that it was the Mike Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been Mike Jones, the comedian or something. So yeah, dad grew up like a mile from Jim Jones's first church, Keystone. Mm. Yeah. Drink it. Drink the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even Kool-Aid, it was flavored. God, that cheap motherfucker. He mm-hmm. didn't even use na- brand name. No. There are just certain, certain things you cannot sacrifice and that's for generic. One of them. That is one of them. Like if you think you're if you're getting waffles that aren't ego, like no. We just draw the line somewhere. Yeah. You know, Carla, not everyone can afford regular egos i don't even buy them if that tells you to die just talk about buying that's because them. you buy the blueberry waffles because they're healthy for you <laughs> they've got fruit in them they've got fruit in them <laughs> literally me literally Zach can eat this oatmeal raisin cookie because it's got oatmeal and raisins in it <laughs> i make sure you just get the plain strawberry toaster strudel oh man because I- <laughs> the one with cream cheese in it and i only ever eat the blueberries pop tarts <laughs> those are good you know, actually, 
frosted Pop-Tarts are better for you than non-frosted Pop-Tarts. I believe that. That's, it doesn't surprise me. But you ever seen people, oh man, people eat those like cookies and cream Pop-Tarts for breakfast. I'm like, you're weird. Those like, are fun when you're stoned. Yeah. In yeah, the middle like, of the night looking for food. You know what? Just, no one asked your opinion, Danielle. No one noticed that I someone just feel was like breaking the cookies out of the Lunchable boxes. So you don't give them to her anyway. Yeah, I do. No, you don't. <laughs> Sometimes she gets one or I eat them. <laughs> well, I needed them. My blood sugar was low. You have to listen to your body, Danielle. <laughs> but you know nothing about that. Nope. All right. Well, you didn't even know you could make yogurt with your I didn't want to know. I did not need to know. <laughs> I did not want to know. I would have been fine. Oh, man. Actually, I'm not sure like, what flavor it is. Ugh. Maybe like key lime pie or something. Key lime pie. Or lamb and tuna fish. I'm not really sure. That is wrong. You have crossed a line, the sir. Or the lamb and tuna fish? <laughs> All right. I kind of like that we one. We have wasn't bad. a new Patreon member. Bless you, well, sir. Well, howdy who? Terry. Terry. Yes. <laughs> He bumped it up too. He didn't even put like the entry amount of money. He what is the more. entry amount? Seventy five cents. A dollar. A <laughs> dollar. He's giving more than that, man. What do I get if I donate a dollar? Patreon takes four percent. That's what you get. So what actually, would you could I hear. Get? No, you and you could listen to the, all the episodes of us making fun of you. Oh. We're gonna record one about the Kinsey Institute. Oh yeah, the Kinsey Institute. Mm-hmm. And we're we gonna do it, it tonight, away. so you're invited. All right. right now, let's go. You can't make mom watch your kid that long. No. So, yes, thank you, Terry, very much. We're having a new Patreon episode. No, it's after she goes back to sleep. Okay. You have to I'll get wait. back up. Then you're, in, yeah. Yeah. You're down to clown, right? What you about know. Terry? Terry, thank you for your support. I like the name Terry because it's essentially genderless. It could be a male or female. It is true. It is true. So, I thank you, Terry, for your contribution to aiding in a genderless world. <laughs> You can't see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel good about things. Yep. Anyone else got anything else? Nope. Dad was almost a member of the Jim Jones cult. Um, God. We almost wouldn't have been here. Actually, when I asked him, he was like, no, I no, I, I didn't even know about it till after that, that that was a church. He found out they were using Flavor Aid. I said, <laughs> bitches. If I'm no. going to join a cult, they better be using goddamn even, Kool-Aid. They don't even spend the money on regular Kool-Aid. Flavor right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And for honest to goodness, stay, stay out, out of the, the corn. corn. We're It's Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> and we don't need to see a picture of what you ate. No, don't. No one, no one take a picture of your food. That's just weird. Okay, but one year, your mom 